There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Conversations on Dance is generously supported by Yumiko. Have you seen the recent collaboration between MB Studios and Yumiko? Check out their website, yumiko.com, or their Instagram at Yumiko and at Yumiko World to view these new designs that include bags and backpacks that come in all shapes and sizes, and adorable makeup bags that say Mered, Susu, and Be a Swan. Yumiko has also recently released a new line of t shirts and tote bags that you will want to make sure you check out. It's all up now on yumiko.com. This episode is brought to you by the Town of Vail, a sponsor helping to host the Vail Dance Festival in our community. I'm Rebecca King-Ferraro. And I'm Michael Breeden, and you're listening to Conversations on Dance. Today we are bringing you a live podcast recording from the Vail Dance Festival with Jukin superstar Lil Buck. This episode was recorded live on July 31st, 2019. We are so lucky that we've been able to secure arguably the busiest man of the festival, Lil Buck. Thank you so much for joining us today. (laughs) Thank you. I'm pretty busy. (laughs) Good to be here, though. All right, so we're just going to get started. We only have you for a limited time, so we're looking forward to speaking with you. Can you tell us a little bit how you originally got your start in dance? Absolutely. So um, I grew up dancing with my older sister. Her name is Stephanie Moore. She was a majorette. If you don't know what a majorette is in the South, they twirl up batons, they, they get down. So I used to always go to her jamborees, that's what they call them, and <laughs> see her perform, and I was inspired by her, and then that's what got me into wanting to dance. And um, so I started dancing with her a lot, and then we started watching a lot of Michael Jackson tapes you know, together. We, we'd catch his um, tour tapes. I don't know how we'd get them. I don't know if my mom bought them, I forget, but we used to watch his tour tapes all the time and just mm-hmm. watch them until we learned every routine that they had on tour. And then we would do the same for music videos that came on TV, mm-hmm. and then, um, that was when I was in, you know, 
Chicago and in Memphis. So I was born in Chicago, and then mm -hmm. we moved to Memphis when I was eight years old. So um, we moved to Memphis. I really started, you know, getting into the hobby of dancing. And then uh, one day, you know, when I when I was going to, I think it was my last year of uh, middle school, and my sister was in high school at this time. She came back home, and we would get home at different times because, you know, in middle school in Memphis, it's like 3.15, you get home, and then right. you get home at 2.15 from the high school. So, <laughs> like... We had to be in there a little longer. So I would get I got home one day and she was in the living room just hitting this move <laughs> that you always see me do now. And I was like, What is that? And she was like, This is juking. My friend Jeff and I had taught me how to juke. Uh -huh. And then I loved it. I fell in love with the whole groove of it, the music. And then I was just in ever since then she started teaching me. That's how I got into it. I grew to love it mm -hmm. and it became my first love and <laughs> for anything. And uh, my sister was more into that it was still a hobby for her. She loved she was a shoe collector. She liked sneakers. She was a sneakerhead. She was like that type of person. So um, she's living her dream right now, you know, working. She manages like two different footlockers and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And she loves it. And uh, I just kept pursuing that, uh, that dream mm -hmm. of dance. I just stuck with the dance. And that's yeah. how I got started. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about Jukin? Because it's a style that you really helped bring to the forefront. Yes. Of dance a lot of people mistake me as the founder of the style. And I am not that. Um, <laughs> It came well before me. Uh, I was born in 88. Jukin started like in the, actually, yeah, around that time, around the mid to late 80s. And um, it started evolving in the early 90s. It's because So Memphis Jukin is a dance style that's um, native to Memphis, Tennessee. It's an indigenous street dance from there. And um, it's been around for over 40 years, like I said. And um, I got into it when I was, 12 years old. For people who don't know, it's a dance style that the the nucleus of it is the bounce. It's this bounce. It's this very rhythmic bounce that we get. And, you know, it's a full body bounce. It's like when you listen to your to any song you love and you start bouncing your head. Mm -hmm. But this is like a full body bounce. We really show that we we love this music and we're into mm -hmm. it. You know, yeah. we really get into it till your whole body starts bouncing, mm -hmm. and then from that the steps, you know, come out of it, and the steps come out, but you don't. You know, you don't compromise the bounce. You keep the bounce right. during the whole time. And this is what separate. Mm -hmm. you know, this is how you recognize it as juking. You mm -hmm. see this, these different steps and this different gliding and sliding and footwork and toe spins. But this bounce is still there. Mm -hmm. It never leaves. And that's, that's, the, and that's how you can really recognize it. And, um, yeah, like I said, I told you when it started. Uh, that's how you can see juking. And I just pretty much innovated juking by adding my own personal style to it juking is like it has foundation but at the same time it's like 80 percent creativity so you learn that 20 percent you know uh foundation and everything and then everything else is just your own creativity so one of the more astounding aspects of juking is i mean especially as ballet dancers who you know we see people dance on point all day long yeah but the way the footwork that that Jukin is comprised of is so impressive. Is that something you have to build up to? You said like there's foundation. Yes. So there's a lot of foundation mm -hmm. in footwork as well. Pac-Man's, point toes, push toes, level three buck jumps. There's different types of levels to every to all of the foundation, you mm -hmm. know, foundational moves that we do that started off as a gang, you know, the gangster walk is a foundational move, the buck jump, which is what you always see me do. And there's different levels of that. Mm -hmm. There's different levels of footwork, of glides. So there's a lot of foundation in it. And um what I love about Memphis Jukin is that you can have that room for creativity. And that's why you guys always see me like change up at least a little <laughs> bit in some of my routines because I love that option of having, you know, just living in the moment. Mm -hmm. So um, Jukin is about that. It's about, you know, just dancing your life. It, 
living your lifestyle and just sharing your lifestyle through movement with other mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. and what we're going through in our environment. So, um, yeah, and my style, my particular style was really flexible. Like, my body was already flexible before I started juking. Mm -hmm. I found these little things out. I can bend my ankles in. and um, But a lot of... Um, I just have a crazy brain and mm -hmm. I'm like, it's like the Willy Wonka factory in here in my brain. So like, <laughs> I couldn't wait to find a dance style like this. You know, I was like, yes, I can really use my creativity. How can I? So I was like living every day trying to figure out, okay, how can I change up this? Or how can I do this different from this mm -hmm. person? Or how can I, I was always like that for years. And mm -hmm. that's how I kind of developed my own mm -hmm. uh, style of dance and how I move. Mm -hmm. So speaking of ballet, some people might be surprised to know that you did study ballet for two years, correct? Oh, absolutely. And yeah. a lot of people think I learned, I don't know, they, they say when they see me spin on my toes, I must have done ballet. And I'm uh -huh. like, I didn't get any of that from yeah. ballet. But <laughs> I mean, I, I got the posture actually from ballet, mm -hmm. the how that, that pull, you know, that. And um, I, I, yeah, so I got a lot of, I use a lot of the ballet technique within my juking. Mm -hmm. But um, I've been, jukers been spinning on their toes, it's, you know, <laughs> yeah, longer yeah. than before they even knew ballet dancers were doing it. I got into ballet because I saw that and I was like, I want to be able to do that longer. I don't want to just come up on my toe and come back down like the rest of the jukers. I want to be able mm -hmm. to stay up there. How do they stay up there? And how do they emote the emotion from the music so mm -hmm. well, you know? And I know we can do that through hip hop. We can emote the emotion of the music all day, but mm -hmm. I always was a fan of changing and switching it up, the, the different music, you know, types that I'm dancing to just to see, you know, where I'm at, you right. know, just right. to see how versatile I can be. Yeah. Did you study any other dance styles other than ballet? You said you started with Yes, chicken, but so I studied ballet when I was 16. I got into it, and then I had to leave. Uh, I, I moved from Memphis when I was 19. So um, it was like three and a half years, almost four years. Mm -hmm. Actually, I was 20, so it was about four years. Uh, that I've studied ballet in Memphis, Tennessee at a school called New Ballet Ensemble. Um, and I've also, so through the ballet company, we've learned, we've had different companies come in because mm -hmm. just like she was different from anybody in Memphis. We would mm -hmm. learn hip hop there. I would be, I would have a course where I would be teaching Jook in there. And then, mm -hmm. you know, some of the ballet uh, company members would teach the, uh, the hip hop dancers from the group that I was in called Subculture Royalty. So we would use that space as space where we can rehearse our hip hop, you know, mm -hmm. routines and everything. So I was a part of a hip hop group and mm -hmm. the, the, the ballet company. Mm -hmm. And um, they'd also bring in, because once I became a company member of the ballet, they would bring in like Martha, like the Martha Graham company mm -hmm. dancers and uh, Twyla, we learned Twyla Tharp. We learned um, uh, a lot of different jazz. We learned about Fosse. It was, it was a lot. It was a, that's yeah, quite, it was like a gumbo yeah. of, of, of information, yeah. you know? So um, you you performed with so many different artists, celebrities. You've been on the Ellen Show and Super Bowl, but there the Super Bowl. But there had to have been a moment that you kind of launched your career. Do you look back and think like this is this was the time that set everything in motion? Well, I was planning to set a lot of things in motion, and then <laughs> things started moving faster than I can imagine because I was a relentless. When I moved to LA, I had to be because I was broke. <laughs> and I only had a friend to live with, mm. like literally one friend that I only knew for. I only knew him over the phone, mm -hmm. and I met him for like two days when I flew out to L.A. for a music video. So I moved back with this friend, and he let me stay with him as long as I taught him some like beginner joking every morning. He, didn't have <laughs> a, he even had a really he didn't have a problem with it. His fiance didn't have a problem with it. So I moved there with them, and I was living in Crenshaw in L.A. And mm -hmm. and then that's when I started the grind. But um, yeah, it was. Um, I kind of strayed away from the question. I'm oh, sorry. What was the question again? 
it was just like what what was the moment that you yeah feel the like moment kinda... that's what it was so yeah when I moved out to L A is when Damien Wetzel mm-hmm. found mm-hmm. that um that clip of me performing the Swan and I think that was the moment like I've I've built I've tried to you know build up these moments and I was I was doing auditions in mm-hmm. L A as a dancer I was doing music videos I was working on choreographing and then out of the blue Damien Wetzel hit me up on Facebook and it was like do you know this guy named Yo-Yo Ma? And I was like, who? Yo, yo, what? And, <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I, didn't, I did my research, of course, and uh, long story short, we both linked together at the uh, Disney Hall in L.A., and that was actually the first time we performed the Swan together. Nobody was there except, like, a few people. Uh, mm-hmm. Yo-Yo Ma gave me the biggest hug of my life and took me into the hallway and said, I want to try something, and then he just opened his case, and didn't say a word after that and just started playing. And I just started dancing and Damien and a few more people were there. And that was the first time it happened. And then after that, because they invited me, they were doing some, you know, some work uh, in, um, with, um, with uh, arts in, in education. Mm-hmm. So uh, they had a meeting out there at Brian Lord's place uh, on the arts and education and how different people and, you know, celebrities, it was film directors, all type of people who were supporting the arts at this place. And um, they invited me there, and that's where we first performed the Swan like live in front of like mm-hmm. everybody. And Spike Jones recorded it, and that was like right. that moment yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of like shot everything because people. I think that's the moment when people really saw uh, the versatility of of, of the, like the true versatility of street right. dance, and mm-hmm. uh, and it's been happening before. People have been mixing street right. dance with with classical before, but I guess that's the first time people Viral actually saw moment. it done like how I've done it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, let's talk about your organization that you yes. founded with John Books, who <laughs> is going to be at the festival later. I think he arrives today. Yeah, he arrives today. Yeah. Awesome. So um, Movement Art is. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so MAI is a company me and John Books founded like around almost four years ago. And uh, we thought about this when we were in, um, where were we? We were in Powder Mountain, Utah for this, uh, this event called The Summit. It was a summit, but it's called Summit. And it was, uh, it just brings community together. They build communities. They build, like, they literally build communities. They build, they bought Powder Mountain, these guys, our friends, and they, um, in Utah, and they built the whole community in there, like housing, like everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, it's beautiful. And we were out there, and we were just thinking of, at this summit, and we were, cl- we were just getting to meet so many different people that you really normally wouldn't get to meet. And mm-hmm. we were just thinking and just hearing how, how many important things they're doing for the world and how they're using their strengths to do that, mm-hmm. you know, as a tool. And we were like, man, we'd always looked up to Gene Kelly's and Fred Astaire's and, and Michael Jackson and mm-hmm. people who actually, and, you know, even art, you know, different artists, Nina Simone, people who actually use their, their art and use their, um, their form of expression as a tool to, for, to really push more powerful messages and things that are happening in their environment mm-hmm. and to, um, and um, me and John Books was really thinking about that, and we were like, man, we want to start it. We should start a company, and we sh- to really just, you know, get out what we feel and what we, you know, what's what's, you know, what we the story we we want to tell deeper than us. Mm-hmm. And um, we started thinking of different things that happen in our environment, different different things that we've been through personally, and um, and then we made up movement art is. We were like, we want to leave it wide open because movement can be whatever you mm-hmm. you want it to be. That's you know, it's it's a tool like that. It can be for entertainment. It can be to push to push um, you know important messages. It can it can mm-hmm. be to tell you know certain stories for storytelling for anything. Mm-hmm. So we called it MAI, and we've been 
just producing our own films. And we created that company again because we always want to have films and uh, and see dance films in such a different way. You know, mm -hmm. we wanted to tell, we wanted to see dance tell different stories and not just, oh, we're gonna save the neighborhood and win twenty thousand dollars and like mm -hmm. you know some of uh. which is not a problem. You know, like. We just didn't see Step Up or any of those films as the standard, you know? Right. Right. We didn't think that should be the standard of how people should perceive dance. Mm -hmm. And um, learning from the people we grew up watching, we were like, okay, we're gonna just do this on our own. So we started our own company, MAI, which we produce short films with powerful narratives and, um, and storytelling and, and it touches on real issues that happen in the world mm -hmm. through, through dance. And, mm -hmm. That's how we started. We made Color of Reality, and I know you want to get to some yeah. of that. <laughs> no, we were actually going to ask yeah. you about that. So can yeah. you tell us a little bit about that particular project? Yeah, so Color of Reality was a, um, a, a short film project that me and John Books worked on, and John Books actually wrote the story. He wrote the script of it. He wrote that story mm -hmm. because I was super busy doing other stuff, and I was like in and out on phone calls with him, and mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> he just had this idea and this passion he really wanted to get out, and we both worked on that story together. So he told me about the story he wrote, I said, okay, let's make this happen. I was there to make it happen uh, with him. And uh, we, we actually found out about Alexa Mead at that summit. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and our friend Jeff reminded us, you know this, you remember this artist Alexa Mead? And then that's when I first saw her and I saw all of the powerful um, artwork she's mm -hmm. put out. You know, she paints people and their environment to make them look two dimensional. So if you've never seen Alexa Mead's work, she'll literally paint all of you in the room and then paint the whole room. To where you look like a Van Gogh painting almost, mm -hmm. and then mm. you can, and then she'll just take freeze frame pictures and stills of it, and then she'll have a little video of people just moving, you know, and it, and it freaks people out. But mm -hmm. <laughs> we we were the first people who've come to Alexa Mead about an actual, you know, dance film mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. with with some substance behind it, right. with something real behind it, and she was all for. It. We had a meeting with her, and um, me and John Books broke down the story to her. We said we wanted to bring in the millennials too. Mm -hmm. You know, we wanted to bring in people, you know, the young people and people who really need to know about it, people in our environment uh, who, who needed to see things, you know, who were really inspired by things like that. And so we were like, okay, we have this powerful story to tell. How can we really do this without, you know, how can we just bring people into it? You mm -hmm. know, how can it, we make it, make this something that people that would want to share, that mm -hmm. people would want to just see over and over again? So mm -hmm. we were like, Let's get, just get painted, man. Let's just get painted. And we use the actual color. It's a long story that goes mm -hmm. behind it, but long story mm -hmm. short, a lot of those colors have, have meanings behind it. Um, there are some subliminals in the, in the film uh, about a lot of different things, but mm -hmm. ultimately it was about police gun violence that mm -hmm. was happening in the environment, you know, in, um, in our environments and uh, the police brutality that was happening during that time when, and it's still going on. Mm -hmm. But we really just wanted to, you know, say did, something with our movement. Through right. It. Did you know that that was something, had you already had an idea that um, you needed to relay this sort of political message via your art form before you met Alexa Mead or was it kind of yes, like... Yes, that's how it happened. No, right. we already had this idea and mm -hmm. then that's how that idea came across. Like, Boogs was thinking of, he saw this, pic, he actually saw this picture on her page of this man watching a TV and he was painted and he was watching his TV and he was painted within the TV too. So it was like he was watching himself. Mm -hmm. huh. And Books saw that as this man, almost like he, you know, how we live in our own bubble and we don't know what's going on. You know, we just see what's, yeah. what's being given mm -hmm. to us through the media and everything. And, um, and John Books just, that just sparked an idea in him like, what if we sat down on his couch and he was just watching what was going on in the news and we were affected by it? Mm -hmm. you know? right. So that's how that happened and that whole story got built. And um, 
so yeah, everything just started with our with, with us wanting to tackle ter- certain you know social issues that right. really hit home to us, and you know mm-hmm. it went from there. And we all you know through the power of collaboration is how my whole career got started. Mm-hmm. So me and Books was all about that, and still all about that. That's why we collaborate with different artists like Alexa Me. Right, right, right. Even music artists, Wonder Girl, who makes beats for, she's the main person who makes beats for Travis Scott and all these. She produces for a lot of big artists. She made that beat that was in that, uh, that was in that film. So mm-hmm. uh, we just cross collab with different artists to make something just bigger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. So these cross disciplinary collaborations are a big theme here at Vale. Is that something that because you kind of, you started coming here around the time that ev- your career was launching? Is that something that you've sort of learned here and saw the power of? Yes, and absolutely. To I always pushed that in, in John Book's face. Like, yeah. look, we can do it on our own, but it's nothing like coming together, yeah. like how me and you come to, came together and, right. and, and got things done. We, can, we need to do the same thing for other artists because it's not happening enough. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't get enough of those cross-disciplinary collaborations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he agreed, and we, we just went about it. Um, and, you know, we believe in each other, so whatever. Somebody has something to say like that. We're like, let's let's go for it, man. Let's right. do it. So, can you tell us a little bit about what you'll be performing here at the festival this season? So, this season I'm performing a lot of different things, a lot of uh, new things. So, some of it I don't know yet, <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of it I know exactly what I'm performing. Um, so today I'm actually performing with John Bugs, my co-founder. Um, we're gonna do an excerpt from um, our actual evening lunch show that we've that we've put together and directed and gonna start touring in the fall mm-hmm. because we have our own company, like you said, MAI, and under that umbrella is short films and live, you know, uh, dance and um, and music. So um, we created this, this stage show and uh, it's called Love Heals All Wounds. We're gonna do an excerpt from that called Transcendence, actually called Isms. It's called Isms. The song is, the piece, the song is called Transcendence, but the, the dance piece, we call it Isms. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's 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 just a it's just a riff from our show and it, it's beautiful. It's a lot we don't want we're gonna explain that later, like the details in, in that show if you guys get a chance to come out or but um we'll be speaking with Yeah, we'll be speaking yeah. as well again with John Bugs on everything that we'll be doing. And um I'm also performing you know, um, we're doing a 2.0 version of that jam we did in the, uh, when we popped off the uh, the festival. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was pretty fun. So we're doing another version with Michelle Dorrance mm-hmm. and a few more other people who's joining in and making <laughs> it even crazier. <laughs> and um, so yeah, that's International Evenings. Uh-huh. And then um, yeah, I'm performing a lot. After that, <laughs> I have no clue. Oh, I'm doing my own. I'm also performing something with Caroline Shaw called the uh, 45th. Uh, is oh. it the 40? Yeah, the 45th. Am I getting it right or wrong? It's 42nd. We might not know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm still waking up. I'm sorry. It's 42nd. Yes, yeah, the 42nd. Okay. There we go. Yeah, you're Looking right. forward yeah. to that. Okay. Yeah. We have just one last question before we defer to our audience, but is there one um, memory in particular, an experience here in Vail that really stands out to you as something you may not have been able to do if it weren't for this festival? I wouldn't say an actual ex- Well... I think my first year here, just the whole experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't even think of one like that. Just me, um, just how people take me in in Vail, you know, because <laughs> I came out here and honestly, I didn't know how many people were going to take Memphis Jugging in. I was like, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you're a rock star. Uh, and, 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 uh, and I just love how people are taking in my culture because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it was introduced to most of you through ballet and through that that cross collaboration I've had with, with classical, but uh, to to be here and to be able to 
actually show you the raw nature of Memphis Jookin like I have these past years and where it really comes from and the music it comes from and how you guys are still, you know, you still accept it. Uh, it it's just been amazing. That was one of the amazing things I've ever saw, like mm -hmm. how Memphis Jookin, you know, such a street dance form, you know, dance, you know, indigenous dance just yeah. get accepted wherever it is. Right, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I think we have time for a couple of questions if anyone has anything. No? no. I know some of y'all got some questions. Come on now. There we go. Here's we'll get, we'll do so you got your film. Where can we see it? My film. Yeah, The Color of Reality. So we have a website, um, movementartis.com, and it has most of our films that we've, all, all of our films actually that we've directed and choreographed. There's also a film called Am I a Man that we've done in collaboration with Brian Stevenson. And um, we shot that. Yeah, we shot that in Toronto, and it was brilliant. It was about the uh, mass incarceration system. Mm. And um, we have a bunch of different films. We have another film called um, Honor Thy Mother. It's about honoring Mother Nature. It's about the, this whole story of Mother Nature and our relationship with Mother Nature. And um, so, yeah, movementartis.com. You can check it out. It's also on our Instagram, same thing, movementartis. And that's where you can find it. Great. In the back, sorry. Go ahead. What is your favorite collaboration with another uh, person from an, another dance form that you've done in Vail? Ah, Shantala. Has anybody seen me collaborate with the Indian dancer Shantala, who does Kuchipudi? My favorite so far. <laughs> one of my favorites. I have many favorites. Um, Budget Boger with Tyler Peck is one of my favorites, too. It's like a classic hit, of course. <laughs> but um, Shantala, the, the, the routine that I've made, that me and Shantala came up with together, had so much substance in it. And we made it in like two days. Mm -hmm. I love that. And that's what I mean. That's what happens with a lot of people out here. But <laughs> it was it was so such different cultures. It's yeah. Memphis Jukin and his Kuchipudi Indian dance, you know, and <laughs> so cool. And we just brought them together so seamlessly, and and the whole process of of making that performance was just smooth because mm -hmm. Shantala was a huge fan of Jukin. She wanted to learn, it, and I was a huge fan of. Mm -hmm. Indian dance and really wanted to learn it. So we were just excited about making everything up and we just believed in each other. Oh, I have this idea. Okay, let's do it. Mm -hmm. And it just, it, it was so fast, man. I loved it. Yeah. That's great. One more question. How and when did you get the name Little Buck? That's a good question. Um, I was around 14 years old, I think, when I got the name Little Buck because when I started, I was 13 and I got good really fast. So no, I think I was around 15. I'm sorry. Kind of over-exaggerated. <laughs> I was around 15 when I got that name because I had a, many names. My first name was The Truth, like, it, but it was spelled D-A, Truth. You know how we do. And um, so because I thought I was the truth at the dance. You know? <laughs> I thought I was just living truth. I, I was, like, super confident. I, I would watch You Got Served all the time, and I would just mimic everything they do and be like, okay, I got this. I'm on point. Uh -huh. But um, another joker started calling himself The Truth. And he had a bigger fan base than I did, so everybody knew him as the truth. Mm. So I was like, okay, I got to change it up. And then <laughs> I, I, I was like, you know what? Just call me Buck because I get Buck because mm -hmm. um, the style that I did. You know, so a lot of people don't know this either. Memphis Jookin is under the Gangsta Walk umbrella. So it's like under this umbrella you have Memphis Jookin, which is the evolution of Gangsta Walking. It's in its entirety. And in different neighborhoods, they call it different things. So in my neighborhood where I was in South Memphis, they call it Bucking. And in North Memphis, where Memphis Jookin and Gangsta Walking originated, was called Jookin. And, and where Elvis lived, you know, in Graceland and in Whitehaven, they called it Chopping. 
So in different neighborhoods, they would call it different things. And, and it's a different way of moving as well through juking. So mm-hmm. in chopping, they would be chop, 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 That's what they focused on. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Bucking was more the explosiveness and explosive moves, just doing crazy eye-catching moves but keeping the musicality at the same time. And, and um, juking was more of the basic, you know, having more of the fundamental and foundational moves um, within your dance, like the gangster walking and all. It's, it's a blend of all of it. That's mm-hmm. what juking was. And... Um, I was more of a bucker because I was super explosive. I would always, you know, like I said, I would watch different movies and learn how to flip and add so many different things to <laughs> elements to my dance that um, I was a bucker. So I was like, just call me Buck. And then I would battle these guys who were like older than me and been in the game longer than me because I had just started when I was like 13 and people would grow up doing this. Like mm-hmm. there's kids who grew up doing this. My mom used to gangster walk. Like it was crazy. Like <laughs> it's an act, it's actually a part of our culture. Mm-hmm. And um I would destroy these guys. I would, <laughs> I would battle, and I would, cause I would go so hard. Like I was literally training sun up, you know, mm-hmm. dust till dawn. Like mm-hmm. literally in the carport training, mm-hmm. bloody toenails. I went through it all. Like I went through everything the ballet dancer has to go through. I think, cause uh-huh. I would literally walk around on point in soft shoes, really soft shoes, and to to try to train my toes to get to the level where they are now. Mm-hmm. And um, so I would just go through all of this madness just to get <laughs> to heaven you know mm-hmm. and um because i thought i had to and um it was a point where my toenails were coming out. i was peeling them off it was crazy <laughs> i want to get too graphic but um <laughs> going back to the question um i was super explosive so um w- i would win so many battles and one day people just started calling me little buck the community just started calling me little buck because i was short i guess and I would call myself Buck. So they were like, man, Lil Buck, you got to get that guy, Lil Buck. I want to see him battle. And I just started hearing Lil Buck everywhere, and it just stuck with me. And when you say battle, you mean? Uh, Dance battles. Yeah, competing. Yes, competitions. Yes. Time for maybe one more quick one. Yes. I have to confess my bad. It's not 42nd, it's 24th. Oh. <laughs> it is 24th, right? 24th is. Yeah, I was thinking 45th, 23rd. <laughs> Yeah, right. it's 24th Amendment. That's right. It's, it's okay. All right. Well, we look forward to seeing that. For sure. Yes, that's going to be good. Mm-hmm. What awesome. night is that? That is tonight. Get your tickets. At the Villar. Be there. <laughs> Th- thank, thank you all so much for coming out. And no, thank thanks you for having for me. joining us. Thank we really appreciate you. it. Thank, thank you all. Thank you for joining us. A special thanks to Tom Boyd, director of PR in the Gerald R. Ford Amphitheater, for recording, mixing, and editing this interview. Stay tuned to our social media this week as we continue to release content directly from the Vail Dance Festival as it happens. This episode has been made possible by the Town of Vail, a sponsor helping to host the Vail Dance Festival in our community. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.